It's bigger than Blanche. I'm talking about two kings in a pod. Two kings in a pod is finally here. Me and my boy done linked up. You got C. Will, Holla. You got your boy Free Blanche. And we are two kings in a pod. Not two keys with a fob. No, I'm talking about two kings in a pod. Not two keys of that yaya. I'm talking about two kings in a pod. Somebody asked me, well, is it lit? I said, man, I get third degree burns every time we do a show. I can't even call it podcast, man. I got to call it podcast, man. It's a pod experience, man. Listen to this show will change your life. Two kings in a pod. Two kings in a pod. Me and my boy have linked up and we have come to take over this podcasting world. It's your boy, see Will Holler. It's deeper than rap. They hate the pod podcast. It's not a podcast, it's a pod experience. Hey man, I can't even call it a podcast no more, man. I gotta call it podcast, man. It was straight wow. Wait for it. Be quick. Be funny. It's your boy, see Will Holler, aka the pod for Father, aka the professional conversationalist, aka the hardest working man in podcasting. And you got two kings in the pod, and we're about to go live. Yeah, it's your boy Free Blanche here, aka he is Blanchard, <laughs> aka B Diddy, aka Blanchard Domus. Well, listen, man, I definitely wanted to talk about the topic uh, between. What's the difference between an artist and an entertainer? Um, I know we were talking earlier about the Sam Cooke Netflix documentary that we saw. Um, I'm Not Your Negro by James Baldwin. Well, not by James Baldwin, but about James Baldwin. Um, Mr. Dynamite, which is one of my all-time favorites, which covers James Brown. Are there any documentaries that you saw or that you came across about any of the, you know, you know, pass-gone entertainers or artists, as we like to call them? Uh, the most recent one I watched was the Sam Cooke one, um, and mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, but that's probably the most recent one about a past entertainer that's not here anymore that I can think of offhand. I know I may be missing something. I watch a lot. But yeah, I'll say Sam Cooke is probably the most recent one. Yeah. And I've seen I'm Not Your Negro, and I saw it in theaters, and I really enjoyed that. What was your takeaway from that one? Um, my takeaway was, it's very, the fight for black equality is lonely and it's, um, non-gratifying, it's it's deadly, like it's, I watched the documentary and I was like, dang, it's like he did all that and what got accomplished? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, goodness, he writes books, he active i mean everything and this and the end result is what we still here 2019 2019 i'm just so i just believe that as i watch these documentaries i realize that 
there's a game that they say we have to play. And I just have never seen black people play that game and win. So what game has black people played and won? <laughs> you got to get the people some hope, man. Okay, let me say this. If, if two kings of the pod can't give them no hope, bro. You're right. Okay, I'm, uh, well, let me say this. I digress. I've never seen black people play their game and win. Okay. Now, we play our game. We have won. But playing their game, Fast. I've never seen a victory come. It, is, it always ends with the money gone, the legacy gone, and the life gone. Okay, so I was just about to ask you, and I think you probably answered my question, but I'll ask it anyway. So with that said, would you say that's what winning looks like? Having your money, your legacy, and your life? I mean, it sounds like a winning combination to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ain't said nothing wrong yet. <laughs> say if you keep a score, that's, yeah. that's all good. You're 3-0. and oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, that's a good combo. That's a good combo. Um, yeah, when I watched, I'm not, it, it, I'm going to say it like this. I don't even get mad anymore. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I can't watch it because I'll be upset. I'm tight. It's going to make me angry. I think I'm going to tell you the one where I knew I was over it. 12 years of slave. It, 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 like, listen, I've seen Rosewood. I've seen Color Purple. I've seen Roots. Amistad. Um, Amistad. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of something. Rosewood. I'm trying to think of something uh, that's, that, that's going to evoke that kind of. The Nat Turner that, movie. It, it, that came afterwards, but. Yeah, it kind of got a rise out of me. It, it, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't what I felt when I watched Roots, and it wasn't what I felt when I watched Color Purple. Birth of a Nation is the movie. I'm sorry, Birth of a Nation. But when I Twelve Years a Slave, that took it out of me, man. That took the fight out of me because that, for whatever reason, and I'm not even sure why, that movie was tough. Yeah. That movie was tough. And I mean, it, and they show racism in all these different types of movies. Like, it, it comes up top of mind in, in, in all these type of movies. I mean, because, it, and, and it swings the pendulum, right? Because you, you definitely had some racial components in Pulp Fiction, mm -hmm. right? You had racial components in Malcolm X. Yes. Um, but you do have that spectrum where you have 12 years a slave and then you have Django. Can I give a, just a quick sidebar? And I, and I, and I do want to get back to the artist versus entertainer. Yeah, but absolutely. Quentin Tarantino said that he wrote or did Django as a response to the movie Birth of a Nation, the original one. 
the original Birth of a Nation back in the mm -hmm. early 1900s that was, you know, acclaimed as this great cinematic masterpiece, and it's still Do one of the top. Do you know it still get 100, it's, a, it's a still rated at 100% 100, on Rotten Tomatoes? Still. That's and, disgusting to me. And, and, and I thought to myself, and they said it was ahead of its time, was groundbreaking, and I said, literally, they played the movie, and they went out and started slaughtering black people. They created a movie that literally started the media propaganda against black people as it came to like motion picture, actually, you know, movement on film. That movie mm -hmm. catapulted it. That movie put out stereotypes because they shot the movie as if it was factual. So, mm -hmm. the, so the average white American saw the movie as like a documentary versus entertainment. Mm -hmm. So it literally put fear into the hearts of every American, especially as one scene in the movie where the white girl doesn't want to get raped by the black man and she jumps off the cliff right. to avoid getting raped. And that was powerful because what that did was put in the hearts of most white people that this is how bad it is to let these black mongrel big lip beasts free in our great nation that we stole yeah. from them. So he said Django was a response to that. Now I, I was about to say, I was about to say you, you I feel something coming. I feel something coming. <laughs> now Quentin Tarantino, if Django was a response to that, then the character Jamie Foxx would have gone from plantation to plantation mm -hmm. freeing slaves. He would have been that Turner. He would have been that Turner. If it's the response to Birth of a Nation. Mm -hmm. So I think Quentin Tarantino said it was response to Birth of a Nation because he had a black man that was killing white people. The only problem is he's a black man that's still controlled by another white man. And the black man's only agenda in Django is to get his wife back. Yeah. Birth of a Nation's agenda was to put an image out of black people to make America hate black people. So if, you, yeah. so if you're going to make a response to Birth of a Nation, then you kind of got to make a movie that makes America almost hate white people. You got to show white people in a light that makes them almost disgusting and detestable. Not as just slave masters mm -hmm. not as just sleeping with black women not as just being mm -hmm. slaves but also from the slave chronicles also how they used to butt break them and and the white man would sleep with black men have sex with them and rape them in front of their family talk about that mm -hmm. aspect of it you see what i'm saying if you really yeah. want to respond to birth of a nation show the ugly side the real ugly side of white history uh jamie Foxx riding on a horse in a funny suit that ain't gonna cut it <laughs> no, that's, that's not going to cut it. Because you know what you do in the movie? You undercut Jamie Foxx by the Stevie character. So you take away what Jamie Foxx is by, by the Stevie character. Because you think about it, the Stevie character said he had more dialogue that was impactful than what Jamie Foxx actually did. Because again, mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx was concerned with his wife. The Stevie character was concerned with preserving whiteness. So his character undercuts 
Jamie Foxx's character. So Quentin Tarantino, if he's going to make a film responding to Birth of a Nation, he got to make a film showing the true ugly side of white America. I'm talking about the dirty, ugly, filthy side, the not bathing side, the incestual side, the eating the baby side. You got to show that side. <laughs> if if, if you're going to respond, now this is what he said, though. I didn't say this. Yeah, he, facts, facts. He facts. said it was a response to Birth of a Nation. So the impact of Birth of a Nation is what we see today with how film and television and commercials and media shapes and portrays black people. So if that's, yeah. the, if that's the case, then... Django should have been a movie that got banned from every theater. No, I know. I, you, listen, I don't think that. Let's 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 be let's be one thousand percent clear about where we are right in today's society. There is no revolution. <clears throat> there is no revolution. There's no one willing to put it on the line. There's no one really willing to put their careers on the line. There's no one really willing to put their life you know in jeopardy for the greater good for the bigger cause like people are told the line they'll tow it you know what i mean people flirt with the line they'll flirt with her but when we talk about like real life cost with no return i was watching a clip of muhammad ali and i, I know it was the clip that you sent me actually would have had muhammad mm-hmm. ali on top and steve harvey on the bottom <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. No cap. Yeah, no cap. But hey, Steve Harvey, no doubt. But no, real talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold uh, on, one thing. Hold up. I don't ahead. trust any man that wears a hairpiece. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you a man and you wear a hairpiece, I don't trust you. And I'm gonna ask y'all a question. Name me one man with a hairpiece that you could trust. Listen, I don't no. trust a man with a hairpiece on his head or his lip. Okay. Because that thing looked like a furry caterpillar, man. I don't know what that <laughs> thing's going on. I'm like, no, I've never seen a black man grow a plush mustache. Look at your mustache and look at my mustache. How you got a lip wig on, though? I can't respect you. <laughs> <laughs> He got a lip wig on, man. I, I don't, I don't trust any man with a hairpiece. So you, man, you that gotta, thing looked like a put. It looked like a push broom, bro. Steve it was Harvey. terrible. Yeah. Shout out Steve to Steve Harvey, Harvey, though. Shout out to Steve Harvey. <laughs> he come with them contracts, I'm with it. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, that, Steve Harvey. That, that's all he can do with me. Steve Harvey, you got that check? Disregard what I said. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the money game, Steve Harvey, the money game, I got you, bro. Listen, I'm with you. <laughs> no, we was just playing. No, we you joke. No, but I, we we definitely want to get back talking about the difference between art and entertainment. Okay, so we were talking about Sam Cooke. Now, Sam Cooke definitely was an artist, and when they tried to force him into entertainment and, and and here's where I draw the line and I definitely want to hear where you come in from he was an artist because he was a creator yes <clears throat> and when they tried to you know tiptoe around some of the social commentary that he was dealing with when he when they were trying to you know have him perform in places that he didn't want to perform because he was saying you know, if, if black people can't enjoy the show, not come and watch the show in the balcony, but if black people can't come and enjoy the show, 
I'm not performing there. And I love the juxtaposition that they showed in the documentary when he was when when everybody was rallying behind him. Oh yeah, Sam, we with you, Sam, we with you, Sam. But when it was showtime, everybody showed up except him. Sam Cook. Facts. Well, I want to hear a little bit about that. Like when when we draw the line, because you're an artist, and I know we got fellow creators. We got Tamika Joy online. We got Kareen online. These are artists as well. What's up, Tamika? Um, What's up, Jerome? <laughs> you see Jerome on there? Yeah. Give my boy What's a shout up, out Eric? all the way in, Ho What's all up, way in Hawaii. What's up, uh, Jay? I don't see them. Who's Eric? Oh, they were on there. They may not be on there anymore. Yeah, they checked out when all we right. started talking that real spill. Yeah. Y'all check <laughs> they out. Got that, they got the hell on? Yeah, because the check came. <laughs> don't leave when the check comes. <laughs> when the bill comes, don't leave. I was about to say, not the check, but the bill. When yeah, the bill. The bill. Don't leave when the bill comes. Yeah. Start going to the bathroom. Yeah, everybody got a bladder problem all of a sudden. Don't do that. <laughs> no, but I want to talk. I want to. I want to get your take on the difference between art and entertainment when it comes to social commentary. Well, I would say this: that an artist is going to create from, or she's going to create from their soul. Mm -hmm. So anything that affects them in life is going to inspire their art because they're like mm -hmm. a vessel that art flows from if you're a true artist, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Sam Cooke, he said, you know, what I look like performing in places that and my people are out there suffering at the hands of the same people putting the concerts on. He's like, I wouldn't be a man if I did it. So be because he's an artist, when he's even sitting down to write a song, all that stuff is coming out. When, when, when he's sitting down thinking about love and laughter and, and spirituality and life, all that stuff is coming out because all that stuff is affecting him. So they they got Sam Cooke staying in raggedy hotels, but then performing at nice places. They It's just, he said, I can't do it. He said he went to Europe and he was cool. Nobody bothered him in Europe. He said he come back to America and the same people supposed to love him is stunting on him. But then praising him and clapping for him and cheering for him, but then when he walks outside, he's just another nigga. So Sam Cooke said, I can't play that game anymore. And I get it. But guess what? Yeah. When you're an artist, though, you're true to your art, you're going to be loyal to the art. When you're an entertainer, you're loyal to the fans. That's the difference. Because the entertainer says, I got to appease these fans. So an entertainer, he may want to compose a symphony. But guess what gets the most laughs? Acting like a monkey. So what's he gonna yeah. do? He gonna act like a monkey. He's an entertainer. If he's an artist, he'll. What's that uh, movie with Jamie Foxx? He's a. He was like a concert um, cello player, or. He, uh, he, I think he, the he, the violinist, but he was crazy soloist, or something like that. The soloist. soloist that's it. That's it. Yep. That dude was playing under a bridge in the alley. He didn't care who was listening. He loved the music. He was about the art. And guess what? From that, people started gravitating and listening to his art to this day. So all I'm saying is when you are artist, you are true to the art. Then the fans come. Then the accolades come. When you are an entertainer, though, you might do anything. You Literally, you might do anything. These yes. So you know my juxtaposition on that was because it was one part that stuck out to me about the Netflix special. Um, you know, when he wanted to get all the black entertainers or artists at that time together and to create their own record label. Yes, all the heavy hits. 
all the heavy hitters. And then the mob roll up and they're like, okay, because you know they had the whole payola thing going on back yeah. then. And they were like, well, Sam, nah, we can't do that because you're about to mess up the money. And we all know how they get when they, you messing with the money. So they were like, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> and basically Sam was like, the hell with y'all. The hell with y'all. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I'm and that's what he I'm said, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Yeah, I'm gonna do what I wanna do because this is for me and my people. And who did they have call him? I want, I'm want. i gonna ask this question to see if you pick that out. They had Sammy Davis Jr. <sighs> call him. Mr. Sandman. Sandman. The Candyman can. <laughs> so. Hey, man. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Gerald. Hey, man. Hey, man. Yeah, put me in my face, man. <laughs> um, to me, that 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 sent all kind of signs and flares and all that. To have Sammy Davis Jr. come in and call this guy. And to me, that's why I asked that question. Like, what's the difference between an artist and an entertainer? Because to me, Sam Cooke was an artist. He was an artist. <clears throat> Sammy Davis Jr. and entertainer. An entertainer. Yeah. Sammy Davis would tap dance, sing, fried chicken, um, tiptoe. Sammy Davis did everything. And not saying he wasn't great because he was great. Facts. But at, but at the end of the day, though, he was an entertainer and his whole goal is to entertain the crowd. That's the, yeah. like, that's his goal. And nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's a separation between artists and entertainers. Yeah. Now it was kind of tough. It was kind of tough to hear because I think, you know, definitely, right? Cause I, I, people actually like to think that racism is kind of sort of like this, this, this historic mindset that we are dealing with. Yeah, and we, we've been dealing with that since the birth of this country. Yeah, um, because prior to America, everything was based on classism, not necessarily racism, which is yes. a difference. And you see this when you go to other countries; it's a difference. And I think this is why blacks at that time could go to Europe and, and live, you know, very, you know, non-eventful life. Yeah, 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 they could live comfortably because they had the means to do so. Yeah. Right, the, the money stretched, and 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 it wasn't based on the color of their skin. Not to say that they had it easy, but you know, when you had bread over there, you was good. Like when you come back, is based on the color of your skin. Yes. My 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 point about that is when you came to when you when you come back to America and you're dealing with you're dealing with many different dichotomies at that point right you're dealing not only with racism you're dealing with classism you're just dealing with social injustice mm -hmm. i don't know how you could create in an environment like that like you're an artist talk to me about how you like and i you know I've, I've heard them and i've said this before right from great pain comes great art or you know yeah great art comes from great pain yeah i mean i would say that if you're evolving as a person, then your art's gonna do the same thing. So mm -hmm. if I see an artist and they don't evolve, I know they're not evolving as a person. Now, okay. you know, they may have children, get married or whatever. That doesn't mean you're necessarily evolving as an actual person. Though. It just means you're doing things that are social norms. So I think when we see Sam Cooke, we saw Sam Cooke evolving from 
becoming conscious and then be having a moral conflict, even wearing his hair like Afro natural. Um, mm -hmm. All these things you see a lead up to when he gets to his apex, what he wants to do, he wants to basically have black people run the music industry. And so his- well, art, Why not? They were producing the music. So in his mind, he's thinking we need, and think, look who he's hanging out with. He's hanging out with Jim Brown, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali. Look who he's hanging with. Like he's hanging Facts. with the, 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 his, his the best circle, of the best. His circle of influence is folks that was anti-establishment. So him being a person that had a blessed position because he was actually in both worlds. White folks still love Sam Cooke and black folks did too. So he was in a great spot. But like you said earlier, the only problem was his ideas are going to mess with the money. And we both know anytime you mess with that money, they finna get you out of here. Yeah. And that's black or white. And that and, and that's black or white. You mess with the money, yeah. you got to go. I feel like, you know, that's why they took, you know, JFK out. Because I don't necessarily know that he was 100% behind black people. But I think he understood that a rising tide was going to lift all boats. Same thing that I would say about Abraham Lincoln. Not necessarily say he freed the slaves because it was the right thing to do. He was like, okay, these southern states can't have more power because the acts, the the the, the pinpoint of power, or I don't know, like I guess the home base was not in the South. If 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 DC but was the, in the South, but the country, but the country's economy was the South. So well, the absolutely. South really had the, the South had the power. You you say oh, he just and they he knew that, and they knew and they it. knew that. Yeah, they knew that. Like all the all the economic productivity, just like because we can see this from the '60s and the '70s, right, or the '50s and the '60s. The economic power base was the Midwest because that's where all the factories were. Yes. You know, you had all the, industry, all the manufacturing. All the yeah. yeah, you had all the, the auto industry in Detroit. You had all the manufacturing coming out of Chicago, all the plants and stuff. And, Ohio, and, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, and and then we see this vacuum since everything got shipped overseas. You know, towards the mid to late '80s, early '90s. You know, things that were starting to be shipped out from overseas. You know, which is always funny to me how people who share the same socioeconomic stresses, if I'm poor, I'm not worried about what people who look like me, who don't look like me, I'm not worried about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to eat. And I think that's where, where most black people are, right? We're not worried about what white folks are doing in the sense that I get that people say, you know, oh, the man is holding me down. But when they even talk about the man, they're not necessarily talking about poor white people. No. So why do you, why do you think it's difficult for poor white people to understand that they share, they have more in common with poor black people or middle-class black people than they do with rich white people? I think that white people again are caught up in how what it looks like. Okay. So so the mere appearance of somebody black, you're gonna say, I got it better than them. But in actuality, you don't. Because the term poor white trash is there for a reason. <laughs> I mean facts. Yeah, nah. So I mean, you know facts, you know facts. what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, they don't they don't look at you all as uplifting the race or country either. 
Because think about it, poor white people are doing are what? On welfare, on drugs. They hitting yeah. all the stereotypes too. So, but they think because you're black and I'm white, I'm better. And that kind of thinking leads me to understand how being white in America is really a mediocre concept because everything you're basing, everything is based off of your color. Even you'll admit, oh, I got it better than them, even if you're living next door. Facts. You feel what I'm saying? So it, it's a mediocre way of existence to think that because I'm white, I'm entitled to know. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, yeah, it's hard for them to grasp it, but that's because of the propaganda that's been spit out. I always tell people, if white people back in the day during slavery said that Jesus was black, it would have ended slavery. Yeah, it would have ended slavery. I mean, oh, because you so, can't you can't oppress the Messiah. Okay, so yeah. if they so everybody's mad at Christianity in the Bible now, but had they came out and said Jesus was black, we got a whole different concept and mindset of not only the Bible, but even ourselves. Because now, you got to think, they said don't read, right? Mm -hmm. And then the one man that read the Bible, what he do? Start cutting their head off. I've never seen a book in history that prompted a person to read it and wanted to kill their oppressor. Give me one book. Give me a book. I guess, I can't give you another book. Give me a book where the person read the book and said, I want to kill my oppressor and go beyond want, I'm, I'm going to do Yeah, I got to touch him. I got to have blood. I got to have blood. I don't know no other book in history that's prompted somebody to do that. And for those who don't know, he's talking about Nat Turner and the Bible. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, we got off base a little bit. Cause sorry, but I'm sorry about, about no, that. No, 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 man. Because I want to talk about, because let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear. With everything that's going on in the political atmosphere, this is what we need to talk about. Like, I've never seen an issue get addressed if you don't talk about it. Yeah. So, I mean, black people have been talking about racism since we've been black. A long time. So, since we've been black and since we've been in this country, we have been talking about racism. And I think right now it's more so in everybody's face in everybody's lap because of social media yeah. um, and, and why we're discussing it and stuff like that. So I, but I definitely wanted to like, again, talk about why it's so pervasive now in arts and entertainment. Well, I can't say pervasive now because, you know, it was back, it was like that back in the, you know, fifties and sixties, definitely 60s, yeah. people that, that we're talking about. Um, but here's the juxtaposition. Okay. We talked about Sam Cooke. You talked about, we talked about James Baldwin. We talked about Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Mega Evers. Um. All of y'all said, this is the only issue I have with it, baby. When all of y'all said privately, to include Oprah, all of y'all said privately, we, I've done nothing wrong. When you tell the truth, you have to deal with the repercussions of the truth. We black out here. We can't come out here and do it any kind of way we want to. Let me, Listen oh, to me. Your husband yes. can't be the Sydney that he really is out here. Let me tell you They're something. Not, that flexing, Let me we got to flex a different way. We Let out me. here in a game. This the money game. 
This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. It's this the is the money, money game. game. But I, we in the something. money game. And We're you cannot sacrifice yourself. The best uh, thing you can do for poor people is not be brother. one of them. You cannot help them. We're in the money game. Wrong. But let me tell you what the game is before the money game. Like before the money game, it's called the integrity game. And we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But Mo, how did you feel when you heard Steve Harvey say what he said to Monique? Um, I felt like he is consistent with most of the, not just black people in Hollywood, but most people in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. They want the check. And I don't think Steve Harvey's intentions were pure. I don't. Because if they were really pure, he would be concerned about her well-being. Mm -hmm. Not whether she's accepted by white people. If, if I'm really concerned about you, I'm concerned about you as a person. Because think about it. Monique makes $1.5 million a year on her own doing comedy. So she's, so she's not broke. But you're asking, well, but think of my real issues. What he's asking her to do is go against what she believes in. And to me, that's wrong. I don't care what you believe in. I'm not going to ask you to go against something that you believe is right for you to do. Everybody's going to say, well, Steve Harvey was just telling her that she got to pay the money. I say, listen, man, that man said, we black out here. I'm going to quote him. We black out here. We can't do we can't do it any kind of way. Think about that. He, I'm, I'm going to do it in his voice. We's black out here. We can't do it any kind of way. He turned into a slave before our eyes. We saw him morph into a slave. I saw some salt come out of his mouth. I saw his clothes get raggedy. I heard a whip in the background. I, we black out here. We can't do it. Come on, man. I can't respect that. And then, no. <laughs> hold on. And then after he said that, he turned around and said, it ain't the white man's game, ain't the black man's game, it's the money game. Well, yeah. how? Well, how is it the money game? But you preface that by saying, we's black out here, we can't do it any kind of way. That lets me know it ain't about money. Cause the Facts. first Because the first thing you told her was, your big advice was, we's black out here. Not even we black, we're black, we're African Americans. We's black out here. He took, he looked across the cotton field and said, there she go. Is we, is we going to the house? <laughs> Up yonder? Up yonder? Yeah, nah, nah, man. It was, it was, it was tough for me. It was tough for me when I, when I, when I saw that. It was tough for me because, and not because I agreed with some of the tactics that Monique, you know, had taken up. I, totally didn't agree with her ban on Netflix because no, 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 she didn't get no. the contract. I'm like, that's, no. that's bad no. business, Monique. That's, like, that's personal. That ain't, yeah, that ain't for like, the people. It, yeah, that's it, personal. Yeah, it's, too, it's too many shows that I'm going to watch. No, not, not Netflix. You should have said Hulu. It, not listen, Netflix. <laughs> too many shows that I watch to boycott Netflix about your special that I'm not going to watch. That I'm not going to watch. Fact. Yeah, listen, so let me be 1,000% on that. Um, and when she said that they weren't giving her the money for whatever reasons, I'm like, but they just gave Dave Chappelle his money and they just gave Chris Rock his money. Now, I actually do think that there are some black female comics that are better than Monique. 
Uh, most of us do. <laughs> most so, of us know. I was like, it ain't about them not wanting to pay a black woman her her, her worth and, and her craft. You're not the best. And, and Chris, let's be honest. They offered her a reasonable amount. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, 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 they offered her three million. Like, like I said before, they based it off what she was making. So what they yeah. did was they said, if you making 1.5 a year, then we'll pay you three three million. Yeah. Because guess what? They're going to run the special for two years. But the, con- but the contract is going to say you can't do any more specials, but you can still do comedy, you can do movies. So she could have still got three million and still eight. Still did her same tour. Yep. So think about it. She could have made the three million, could have had the 1.5 million, they could do some movie roles. Now we up to six million. So Facts. you see what I'm saying? So, but I was telling people that y'all are condemning her as for being having a for having a bad attitude and, and not being easy to work with. But I said that's most people in Hollywood. True. I, I said now I agree with people when they say Monique was difficult, and I do agree with her not wanting to that ban against Netflix was bogus. But her overall message about racism in Hollywood is a hundred percent correct. And people keep glossing over her overall message. Forget the Netflix, forget the hard to work with. Her overall message is racism is very prevalent in Hollywood. And it affects not only black women, it affects black men, it affects black people, even down to the point of even getting roles. Look at the roles we get. Yeah. Denzel got an Oscar for playing a crooked cop. But then I saw him in Malcolm X and thought he was Malcolm X. Listen to me. I, you can't, you can't, you can't see Malcolm X. And I don't care who you are. You can't see that movie and not be moved by that movie. Definitely for, from the from the historical reverence for other people. But, but you can't watch that movie and not be moved by that movie i know that i've seen it i've probably seen it over 20 times easy um know it line by line and there, there are only a few movies in your life that's going to move you to that kind of emotion and there are a lot of great movies out there but to me there's not many movies out there that are going to move you the way that particular movie moves you and 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 he won an oscar for playing lonzo that's in tough. training day it, it, that's it's, tough. it's super tough man it's super it's tough, tough. Yeah, that's I couldn't I couldn't get behind that one, man. And I know it was a give me, and I know he won, but and I forgot who who won that year. Oh my gosh, Spike Lee was just on. He was talking about who won that year. For what best? What? Yeah, who won? What? All what, what, oh, the year that Malcolm X yeah came out. Yeah, it was. I forgot what which what movie won, and it wasn't something that I can't even remember. So that tells you where that is with that. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, my take on the whole Monique Steve Harvey piece is when he's when he's when he's spun it in the way that he did with the the money game. Oh, like, that was tough. I, I was like, but so you saying you can't have your integrity and the money? Think about that. That's basically what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, that's he what he said. said. I'm not going. He said I'm not going. For the sake of my integrity, make all the folks around me suffer to make a statement. Yeah. So what you're so what the so what you're really saying is I will lie, cheat, and steal to make sure the people around me 
are straight. But what you're really saying is, I just want the money. When he said it wasn't a black game, it wasn't a white game, it's a money game. I said, man, come on, Steve. Mm, Don't say it. it, 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 it yeah, yeah. We know, we, we know you got your four shows. And we listen, we know you got to pay for your, your, your lip hair piece and all that. Yeah, man. But and, and to me, again, here's the difference between art and entertainment. Clearly, he's an entertainer. And I'm not knocking him for that. No, but when not it knocking comes, him. But when it comes to social commentary... Just oh up. no! Yeah, just don't don't say nothing. Just say you know, hey Monique, I agree with you. I didn't agree with you. The Netflix boycott was a bit much. They produced too many quality shows, and it's a ton of black shows on Netflix. It is. It's a ton of black shows. I'm watching uh, Black Black Earth Rising right now, which is a great show. It um, is. I, 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 I yeah. So I don't. I, I really didn't understand her point on that. Well, no, no, no. Take that back. I totally understood her point. I couldn't get behind it. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Any uh, messages or words of encouragement you want to send out to Monique and Steve Harvey before we move on to the next um, topic? I would, I, I would tell Monique to focus on Monique and her career and, mm-hmm. and, and let Hollywood be Hollywood. And if, if she's really about her artistry and about her craft, she will do that. And if she really about it, she really about the people, she'll be for the people. You don't have to put everything on. Like, you can still do movies and you got enough resources to do what you want to do. You can do a documentary on yourself. Like, yeah. she, like, and honestly, I think that if Monique had a, said, Netflix won't give me this, but y'all support me, I think people would have been behind that. I think folks yeah. would have been, I think folks yeah. would have been behind supporting Monique if she had just made it about supporting Monique because they didn't want to pay her whatever amount. But I will go back to the fact that her overall message though about Hollywood is 100% correct. I just think the way she delivered that message really tainted people's view of the message. And as it comes to Steve Harvey, I would just say, just when you get home, just fix some fried chicken and watermelon and, and just have a good night. I mean, I don't know what to tell her. I don't know what to, listen, hold on. Steve Harvey is one of the greats. He's the king of comedy. Listen, Steve Harvey, you know. But is he, he though? Oh, well. well, uh, well, again, well he, uh, he I mean, when, I, when I'm talking about kings of comedy, and I know some of the people. I know, I know. Yeah, man, but I know, uh, I know, I know. he all right. He all right. He, okay, Steve, he, you all right, Steve. Yeah, he was the MC, bro. He was the MC. Let's keep it 1,000. Yeah, you right. Steve, you, Steve I'm sorry. My yeah. boy corrected me. Yeah, you all right. I'm being too yeah, nice. You all right. Yeah. But you can't go from shaking. You can't go from meeting with Trump. Ugh. To tell him Monique to shuck and jive. It's just a, t- it's too much. Or you can go from meeting with Trump to telling Monique to shuck and jive. And that's message. the, that's the message. <laughs> so we got a hairpiece, Trump, and shucking and jiving. That's too much. You can't, that's three strikes. You out of here. And he definitely got old bits of watermelon and chicken stuck in that caterpillar hairpiece that sit on his leg. <laughs> Boy, listen. Intersection, I heard Empire. And I don't answer to Empire. <laughs> My name ain't Empire. Uh, and I didn't answer. I kept walking and then I heard Empire. So I turned around and I said, did you just say to me? And I see the uh, attacker uh, masked. And he said, this MAGA country 
punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. And then um, we started tussling, you know, it was very icy. Now I know <laughs> this topic, this topic gonna be real touchy. And I'm talking about two assailants in the night type of touchy. Two o'clock in the morning, subway run kind of touchy. 20 degrees below zero kind of touchy. Mm. Was it Jesse Smullett or Jesse Williams? Who knows? Who knows, man? Was it Jesse Jackson <laughs> or Jesse Owens? Who knows? They all look alike. They all look alike. <laughs> Listen to me, man. When I first heard the story, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> When I first heard the story, I was like, who? <laughs> I didn't know who it was. I, I really didn't. <laughs> I said, when everybody said, you know, the guy from Empire, I was like, no, because I don't watch Empire. Now, not stunting on the show. Just speaking from my experience, my perspective. It's my show. It's my channel. <laughs> this is the two kings in a pod. Boy, listen, no faking, no facade. No facade. But when I found out who they were talking about, I was like, why? Why? And, and not to say that people don't get attacked, but it was tough. It was tough for me to just jump on it and, and, and really even be moved by it. And then when we got to where we are today, Kind of made sense yeah you know when i first heard the story and i you know looked at the article and saw who it was and i read it i said this thing sound faker than monopoly money i said it is you, you you know you ever watch something that's like a bad movie and and it just as i kept reading i was like two mass figures with nooses and bleach in their backpack roaming the Chicago streets to find a gay black man to attack. I, it, it, it's just like it's a bad move. Okay, so you're talking about the assailants and you're talking about the victim. Yes, but the story... Man, damn all of that. It's 20 degrees below zero. Ain't nobody that racist. I said it. Ain't nobody... Listen, it's people racist. But they're gonna wait till it's warmer and more convenient to get you. They're not finna be that inconvenient to pull no racist scheme out of their hat. You think they finna roam around the city, 20 below degree, 20 below zero. It was Chicago, so the wind chill, 40 below zero. We shivering and shaking, looking for somebody black. And, and you know what? Who is black out at 2 a.m. in the morning when it's 40 degrees below zero? Who? Looking for some subway. Looking for some or a foot long. <laughs> Aha! You remember that song? It's just a little game that we play. You remember that? Girl, I want you to stay. You remember that song? So we can play that little game. You remember that song? 
Yeah, you go high and high with me. Let me be the one. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen to you me. You remember that, man? Listen to me, man. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about 20 degrees below zero. Who, how, how are your fingers even going to work to tie up a damn rope? Yo, how? It's 20 below. It's tough, man. It's tough, bro. It's tough. It's tough. And then I read and he said, when the police showed up, he still had the noose around his neck. I said, oh, no. I said, you still got the rope around your neck? So you mean to tell me somebody put a noose around your neck and you left it around your neck? Think about that. A noose around your neck and you left it around your neck. That was a black person's worst fear was to get hung on that tree. Facts. So I, so I know genetics wise, that's in his DNA. He even said when they put a rope around his neck, he was screaming, it's a rope. Yeah, I know. That's all genetic instinct kicking in. That rope means it's over. What them cowboys used to say? Hang him, get a rope. You facts. They ain't play with you, get a rope. No, they didn't. You got two, yeah. Go ahead. You got two ominous figures roaming the night, and they pick you. Like, how they are you? The, are you the? Are you the faggot nigger? Uh, are you the faggot from Empire? Nick? This is the the line they said was like something from a cheesy black exploitation film when the cop used to talk. Get over here, nigger boy. Put your hand like I'm like. Listen, it it did sound straight out of black exploitation. It just sounded bad. I'm like, was it was it Empire or was it Dolomite? I didn't know what the hell. I didn't know what it was, man. Listen here, you sucker jive turkey. You sucker jive turkey. Hey, I'm talking about you big lip monkey. You big lip monkey. <laughs> Filthy big lip beast. You family. I'm like. It just sound like a bad. Yeah, nah, it was I, it was I, bad. It was bad. So what's the outcome? Cause, Cause clearly the time. Can I say my theory? Can I say my theory though? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I got a theory though, Chris. I want And my theory is it was so I imagine if it was written down, it'd be a bad script, right? Yeah. It'd be a bad script. So I'm thinking, as elaborate and as bad as it was, I think Lee Daniels actually did it. Why do you think Lee Daniels did it? Why do you think he wrote the script? Because it, it is consistent with what he's done already. And, <laughs> 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 and Lee Daniels, I don't want and listen, Lee, I don't want to hear nothing. You old Dave Dash about five men. Don't tell pay him first, then come deal with me. Put some money on his books first, then come deal with me. But Lee Downs was Lee Downs was the first person to post a video about it, and then guess what he did? What's that? He took it down. Why would he post that video and take it down? That don't even make sense. You you gave this great speech on the post about you know the rights and the, the, all this stuff about gays and all this stuff, and black, but you took it down. Why? Hmm. That don't that don't make any sense. That's a red flag to me. Yeah. Taking that video down. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple move, but it's just a red flag because why take it down? It's folks that have their videos up 
and Jesse Smiller done, he done lied already. And people yeah. still got, and people still got their videos up. You took it down before any information came out. So that lets me know you knew something everybody else didn't know. And what you did was you tried to distance yourself from this whole thing. He has spoke about this incident. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what I think he wanted to do. He been ranting and raving about having the first gay superhero movie. I'm thinking in my mind, he wanted Jesse Smullett to play that character. So he said, if I want folks to buy into this movie, AKA I want to get funding for this film, AKA I want to mm -hmm. get investors, what better way to do it than to have a real live homosexual gay black man play the superhero? That's why Jesse Smullett's whole thing was, fuck back. That's his whole thing is, <laughs> what do you want folks to know, Jesse? That I'm fuck back. That we're not you know, listen, you, you know what line got me? What line got me was the, the gay Tupac. Oh. I'm like, why? What? Why was that? Why, why was that? Why was that important for you to say that? And he like said if, it if, like he said if something it's about though. You fighting, but yes, if it's, about, if it's if it's about you fighting back, I've been in many fights in my in my life, and I've never said I'm the short Tupac, I'm the bow-legged Tupac. <laughs> like, listen, listen, I got them sucker jive ass turkeys off of me. Yeah. And, and told them I want to smoke. Yeah. But I have never in my life said. I'm this, I'm that, whatever. Like I, that, that, that whole. It, it to me, that's when it sound coerced. It sound concocted. It sounded scripted. It was, yes, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah it, and, just, it was too much. And, and, and I think it was all done to build him up as this guy. So when he plays the part in the movie, it's believable. That that's why I think this whole this whole point to me is for him to be the first gay black superhero in a film that's starring a gay black superhero that the world can believe you know what this guy's tough this guy's strong now listen yeah i grew up around gay people we all did yeah i know plenty of gay men that'll beat the brakes off the, the average guy <laughs> facts facts all, all that gay man is weak i know the truth i know some got them hands i know they got them hands. well they had to fight they've they been fighting it. They they, they, so they don't play no game. So, yeah. so the notion that I know in the black community, we don't just run around saying gay people is weak. Yeah, nah. yeah, we might have those slurs and stuff, but we ain't just run around saying gay people is weak because you run into one of them, you're gonna have hell to pay. Yeah. Cause they still, cause guess what? The men are still men. Facts. They still men. Okay, what they all that tucking and and and, and, and hiding, they still men. <laughs> You're a fool. <laughs> hey, listen to me, man. We're coming up on time. You want to quick take a quick break? Yeah, that's cool, man. We take a break. Yeah. Uh -huh.